When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Ouroboros Cycle, Part 3. The theme of this miniseries so far has been about the ends justifying the means, from doing horrific things to children to defeat some powerful enemies, to forcefully creating a false god as part of your religion. The third part in the Ouroboros Cycle, Atonement, continues this theme, with the Foundation once again lured by the idea of messing with forces beyond their understanding and control in order to deal with their problems. Atonement is, in some ways, more comic booky than the previous two parts, as you'll see, and it once again deals with an incredibly powerful godlike anomaly, which might turn some people off. But for those interested, let's continue. This 001 entity is a gravitational singularity in the shape of a humanoid, currently contained at a site in Norway within a specially designed array. The entity is immeasurably dense, as it's essentially a black hole, and this array is the only thing keeping it in check. A freestanding, humanoid-shaped black hole probably wouldn't be a tremendous problem for the Foundation, but unfortunately, the entity is capable of manipulating the nature of reality through alterations in gravity that change the shape and structure of space-time. In familiar terms, this means that it is a reality-bender in a sense, but it works in a different way than other reality-benders, and can only be contained by this special array, not by reality anchors. It also means that its alterations to reality are irreversible, even by other reality-benders. It is shaped like a humanoid, though, and there is a good reason for that. A team of Foundation researchers in Norway were working on building a device capable of containing entities that manipulate space-time, specifically those with immense or fluctuating densities. They were basically using a particle accelerator to create a miniature black hole, but the black hole would quickly destabilize. On June 19, 1982, they decided to ramp up their testing. With the test an hour away, the particle accelerator began spooling up, and a research assistant, Dr. Calvin Desmet, noticed some minor power fluctuations. He had the time to fix it, so he went into the testing chamber to fix a power coupling. Unfortunately, and the reason for this is still unknown, A power regulator attached to the primary generator failed, and so the facility was evacuated due to the radiation risk that this posed. Without the regulator, more power than was expected began to flow into the array, causing it to spool up faster. Because of the loud noise of the array powering on, Calvin couldn't hear the evacuation order. Personnel attempted to power down the array, but the power regulator failed entirely, and the array was now approaching testing levels of power. By this point, Calvin realized that something was horribly wrong, 
and attempted to leave the chamber, but he was too late. A black hole formed within the array, pulling the entire testing chamber, much of the research wing, and Calvin into it. The singularity soon destabilized and dissipated. In the aftermath, many of the administrative personnel were reassigned, and the facility was repaired, as it still housed a few other SCPs. The control system of the array was replaced with an artificial intelligence in order to limit the human element involved. Testing of the array would continue 13 years after the incident, in 1995, although the tests were fairly minor. It wouldn't be until 2004 that the array would finally serve its purpose and begin containing minor gravitational anomalies. They continued ramping up the Array's capabilities until 2006, when they finally manifested a black hole, and were able to keep it stable. Two hours after stabilizing this singularity, it began to change, rapidly growing in size and threatening to expand past the Array. The AI in control was able to make changes to the system to keep it contained, but a thick cloud of gas and dust formed around the singularity, concealing it. Shortly after, personnel began to hear communications coming from within the array, starting with unintelligible noises, becoming full sentences, and eventually, a conversation. Through the use of infrared cameras, it was determined that there was a humanoid shape within the array, and it was attempting to speak with them. The entity in the array doesn't actually speak in the traditional sense, as it's too dense for sound to travel, but instead it uses gravity to vibrate metal within the array, creating sounds. A Dr. Ramsey is the first to converse with the entity, who reveals that it knows Dr. Ramsey's full name, and knows of the SCP Foundation. The twist here isn't too much of a surprise and is certainly reminiscent of the comic book story of Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen. But Calvin didn't die when exposed to the singularity. Instead, he became something else. The entity does not refer to itself as Calvin Desmet, but instead says that it thinks it was once him, or he is it. He was here once, and then he wasn't. It's really not clear exactly what the entity is, and what parts of Calvin made up its creation, but Calvin is in there, or at least his memories are. It's somewhat similar to SCP-3812, another godlike entity I've covered in a video previously, written by the same author. Calvin has transcended our existence in some way, but is still capable of communicating with the Foundation. It tells them to deactivate the array, as there is something he needs to do, and then asks them to bring all of the O5 Council here. Dr. Ramsey argues that it's against protocol, but the entity says that they will come, because he has something to offer them. A way out. Keep in mind that at this point, the Foundation is unclear on exactly what this entity is. All they know is that it's immeasurably dense, it's capable of communication, and they currently have it contained. The vague offer of a way out piqued the interest of O5-1, 
who paid a visit to the entity. The entity allows itself to be referred to as Calvin Desmet, although it admits that it's really not accurate. O5-1 then asks what it meant by a way out. The entity explains that the Foundation's efforts to contain the anomalous in order to protect the world is merely applying a bandage to the real problem, which is entropy. It says that existence is a tapestry of various realities layered on top of one another, and the inevitable problem of entropy causes these realities to bleed into one another. In the moment before Calvin's soul was cast into darkness, he was able to see this tapestry. Basically, every SCP present in this world originated from some other reality, where it's not really seen as anomalous. That is not to say it changes when it bleeds over to our reality, just that the other reality it came from is so different from ours that it's seen as normal. Presumably, objects from our reality that we would see as normal could bleed over to other realities where they'd be seen as anomalous. The entity says that the slow tide of entropy is inevitable, and eventually the borders between realities will tear away completely, and all existence will be destroyed in the ensuing pandemonium. A typical person might scoff at this notion, writing it off completely as nonsense. But the members of the O5 Council are not typical people, and O5-1 is inclined to believe the Entity. He asks how long until this occurs, with the Entity replying that it will take decades. But as more tears occur, more and more anomalies will bleed into our reality, with no way to undo it. The way out, it promised, is preventing this collapse from occurring by removing all other realities. With no other realities with anomalous objects in existence, the one remaining universe can exist peacefully. The entity claims that it is capable of doing this, by removing the barriers between all the other realities except for the ones around ours. Each other reality will be flooded with anomalies from others, basically the Foundation's worst nightmare but ours would be safe. The only reason the Entity hasn't already done this is because the Foundation is containing it in the Array, and it can't see outside of it. After the conversation was finished, all of the staff members currently at the site were amnesticized and transferred, as this was a pretty big secret. O5-1 called a meeting of the Council to discuss this proposition and vote on whether to release the Entity or not. The Council had several teams work independently to confirm the Entity's explanation of the multiverse, which they did. They predict that in 30 years' time, there will be an uncontainable amount of anomalies, and within 45 years, something big will get loose, and that'll pretty much be the end. Ironically, the efforts made by the SCP Foundation and any other similar organizations in other realities to prevent the end of their worlds have damaged the barriers between realities. Additionally, the Council posits that it's statistically impossible that an entity capable of saving the world would only come to this reality and not any other. 
In essence, if the O5 Council votes to not allow the Entity to save our existence, there's no guarantee that a different Council in a different reality would vote to do it, dooming the Foundation we know and love. O5-1 went to various precognitives, those capable of seeing into the future, to see if there's a time in the future that they cannot see. This was forbidden by the rules of the Council, but O5-1 ignored it, confirming that none of the precogs have had a prediction past 2066. O5-6 wonders if the entity is just a reality bender that will kill them as soon as it's released. But as I said, it's not a reality bender in the traditional sense, and O5-1 explains this, saying that it's become something fundamental to the nature of all things. Ultimately, this is a massive decision for the Council to make, as even if the Entity is telling the truth and it will save this universe, it's a decision that will end countless lives. O5-3 says that the goal of the Foundation and the Council is to protect our existence, and they should expect any other O5 Council to come to the same conclusion. All of the work they've done in researching, retrieving, and containing thousands of anomalies is now being revealed to be a waste of time, as the world will come to an end no matter what they do. Except they've been given an option, a way out, and if they do nothing, every universe will die, but if they accept the offer, at least one universe will live. This would be the end of the road for the Foundation fulfillment of their ultimate goal of protecting our world. It comes down to a vote, with eight for yes, four for no, and one abstaining. O5-9, who voted no, says that no matter what, this will be a day remembered as being the day the Council gave up on their mission of securing and containing, risking everything for a glimmer of hope. O5-9 asks O5-1 why he trusts this entity so much, after everything they've achieved. O5-1 says that he knew Calvin Desmond from long ago, and he wasn't recruited by the Foundation, but instead, he volunteered. He had done some work for the Chaos Insurgency, but his young daughter was killed by SCP-106 during a breach before the Foundation devised reliable containment procedures for it. After that, he sought out the Foundation, and O5-1 believes that if Calvin found a way to remove every trace of the Anomalous from our universe, no matter the cost, he would do it. O5-1 trusts the Entity to do this because he can hear Calvin's determination in its voice. With the vote finalized, it was time to see if the Entity could do what it proposed. Rather than completely releasing it though, they decided that the Array would be slightly powered down, enough for the Entity to demonstrate its ability by removing a single SCP from our reality. Three Overseers were in attendance, and the SCP chosen to be removed was SCP-884. You might remember that one as the Mirror that the Chaos Insurgency purposefully allowed the Foundation to have as it spread doubt to those nearby. They power down the array, and the Entity says that it can now see everything, including the mirror. 
It says that it can also see the reality the mirror originally came from, one not unlike our own. In that reality, a dying soul attached itself to the mirror as a curse to whoever should own it. The mirror folds in on itself over and over until it completely disappears, and O5-1 asks how long it will take to remove the rest of their realities. The entity replies that it will only take moments, but it will be agony for everyone affected. The building begins to shake as it starts to work. The room darkens, and the array undergoes an intolerable amount of stress. Suddenly, O5-1 jerks backwards, and his body begins to unnaturally compress. The entity begins repeating O5-1's own words from the council meeting, talking about removing every trace of the anomalous from existence so that their children and grandchildren can live lives that do not end in horror. O5-1 collapses in on himself, eventually disappearing. O5-4 is lifted, screaming into the air as her body folds in on itself, bones audibly shattering. She too eventually compresses into a single point before disappearing. O5-12 is about to receive the same fate, but the AI controlling the array has activated an emergency failsafe, powering back on and recontaining the entity before it can do any more damage. So, the entity was clearly capable of doing what it claimed, removing the anomalous from our reality and protecting us. Additionally, it also has a vested interest in doing so. The reason for this is because there is still a part of Calvin Desmet in there, a father who lost his daughter to one of the cruelest SCPs in existence because the foundation devoted to containing it failed. It can remove the anomalous from our existence, and wants to do so to protect us, but that includes removing the Foundation itself, and the O5 Council that runs it. The Foundation has done good work for the world, but they have also done plenty of horrible things, and Calvin believes that they must atone for these sins. That leads to the name of this part of the cycle, Atonement something which Calvin wants from the O5 Council, but it's something they'll never provide. Ultimately, they could release the Entity, saving our reality once and for all, but they would all have to die in the process. This goes back to the overall concept of the ends justifying the means. Calvin believes that removing the Council and the Foundation is justified in this case, but the Council clearly disagrees. The Council developed a protocol to save themselves in the case of the Entity breaking free by escaping into other dimensions. They now believe, however, that this is no longer a viable option, and containing the Entity is their only objective. The main failsafe in place, then, is called the 40 Days Protocol, which involves a series of events if the Array fails. First, an evacuation order is given for the facility, in which personnel on site have seven minutes to get out. After that, sluice gates will open, flooding the lower portions of the facility with water. Two minutes after that, explosive charges around the test chamber will go off, collapsing the chamber into the massive 
borehole located beneath it. Ten minutes later, more charges would go off, collapsing the entire facility into the hole. And 15 minutes later, a number of charges will detonate, causing the surrounding mountainside to landslide into the hole, capping it off. A set of locking steel plates will top the hole, and then a nuclear device will be detonated at the base of the hole. Honestly, the Foundation has no clue if this protocol will even work, but it's the best they've got. I know what you might be thinking, as you probably thought the same thing in the last video. What on earth does this have to do with the rest of the Ouroboros cycle? I've hammered on the overall theme of the cycle up to this point multiple times, but narratively it's still pretty loose. Each part so far has been a standalone 001 proposal in their own rights. Grand, dangerous anomalies that can each threaten reality. But there is a big story here. Things will come together in the final part of the Ouroboros cycle. The way it ends. Stay tuned.